0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic the interview results capture meeting. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tools. Today's cast explains how to capture interview results in a fast and simple meeting. Now, one of the things we've learned over the years is that bad hiring is easy, and good hiring is hard. It's easy to hire someone who isn't going to work out. Just do one interview, don't dig for details, don't listen to the doubts you're feeling, and don't interview for the soft skills. Of course, this is what happens far too often. And then when there are culture or discipline problems, everyone starts talking about the changing the culture, or doing exit interviews, But the answer lies in smarter and harder hiring. In this cast, we share a simple way for a hiring manager to make a decision about a candidate. You'll probably hear a surprise or two, so listen in. And you'll also hear Horseman's Law of Bad Hiring. By the way, this cast is one in a series to be called How to Hire, which is part of our larger set of series on managing talent. You'll see that in the future. So, here we go. Another one of those areas in my career that I, I really felt gave me an advantage over other
1: managers or my my peers or contemporaries. Yeah, I totally. We, we've talked about this a lot. Um, uh, it was it was easy for me to see it when I when we first um, started working together. You just you focused on talent, you focused on getting the very best, and then asked them to do a lot, and it worked. Yeah, it just seemed I don't know so
0: obvious to me that hiring or acquiring people was, and, and, and acquiring great people, was really the ultimate advantage. It was the thing that was going to set me apart from everybody else. Because, of course, it wasn't what I did that was important. It was what
1: other people did. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, before I ask you to explain that word acquiring, um, I'll just tell you. I, I, um, I, I've i seen it too many times, too many managers. They get in a pinch and, and they engage in horseman's law or, or they engage in behaviors that loosely fall under the title of horseman's law of bad hiring, which is every warm body has a halo. Um, look, if, if you're comparing the person you're thinking about hiring to the amount of work gets, that gets done in the role when nobody is in the role, then everybody looks good, yeah. right? <laughs> They're just a warm body. The problem is, the comparison shouldn't be between that person, however bad they are, and no work getting done. The comparison should be between that person and the best person you can find. And and we don't and in that case the math doesn't just include the amount of work output, it also includes the amount of HR issues, the amount of stress and frustration of coaching and feedback. Um, and probably late stage coaching. Late stage coaching you have to do for somebody who is just a warm body, and managers just want to fill the hole. And so, if it's just a hole, you see, putting a body in it is better than nothing. But that's just the problem that in today's organizations, better than nothing is not a standard.
0: Right. Okay. And and that if if folks really realize the value of what you just said, we could end the cash right now, and they
1: would have gotten their money's worth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Just hold out. No matter what, the, the the reason interviewing is hard um, in great companies is because they want to say no, and they want to keep saying no over and over and over again until they find the right person. Because, you know, the only thing worse than an open position is filling it with a warm body. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, but but now go back. You you, you said it, it seemed obvious to you that hiring or acquiring great people. So so. Help everybody understand acquiring. You and I talk about that a lot. Yeah, sure.
0: Um, well, I think that most managers mistakenly think that when you have an opening, what you do is just go out and hire. Sure. Um, but there are really three ways to fill an opening, at least three ways the way we think about it. Right. Uh, hiring, developing, and then
1: acquiring. Yeah, we probably we could talk for days, um, or at least we have at least one other cast on developing um, as one of the three. Oh heck, there's there are probably ten cast on just on, on that. <laughs> yeah. But okay, okay. So so let me
0: answer the question on on acquiring. What I mean is that when we as managers have openings, we don't have to go outside the firm or the organization. Right. Acquiring just means knowing where the good people are <laughs> in other parts of the organization,
1: and then bringing somebody over internally. Yeah, and in your case, you knew who the good good folks were. In part because you had established a track record. um, And so they wanted to make themselves known to you, right? That's the great thing about knowing good people is um, when you achieve results, good people want to get to know you. It makes it a lot easier. Um, But because you knew them, you were able to acquire them for your team without the hassle of external hiring and open recs and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that's only. Somewhat related
0: to this cast, yeah, um, we're, we're yeah. really going to talk about one piece of the long process of talent management.
1: So why don't we lay
0: out specifically what we're going
1: to talk about today? Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, okay, so this cast is about what effective managers do once they've finished interviewing a candidate, and we recommend a very simple three-step process. and And quite frankly, Mike, I, I um, oh gosh, when I started recruiting, I was I learned this when I was a recruiter that that um, companies didn't have a process to collate, to share, to finalize interviewing decisions. And often what would happen is the candidate. Well, let let me leave that. Let's lay at the cast first. I'm getting ahead of myself. But but basically three step process. First, you schedule a results capture meeting and you actually do that before you do the interviews. Um, Number two. All interviewers, whoever interviewed the candidate, attended attend the meeting and report on it. And then three, we recommend they use the "what" and "why" method of reporting.
0: Let's start with the results capture meeting. What is it, and then why do
1: we recommend it? Yeah, l- l- let's let's start with a little bit of history. Um, again, I, I noticed that companies didn't have a process, and and the reason um, at first I saw the process as being helpful is that. In candidates' minds, in terms of speed, they assume that once they've been interviewed, the company knows enough to make a decision, you know, yes or no. And most candidates forget that the company may be interviewing other people. But, but that doesn't matter. The fact that they forget it, most candidates, regardless of their rationale, most candidates believe that once you've interviewed me, you should be ready to make a decision that may in fact be true if you're the only candidate but in the candidate's mind the moment the interview's done the clock is ticking in the company's mind the clock is not ticking yet right the interview's done but they know the interview is just one part of the process they may have to go to hr they have to get everybody's interviewing information together and so on so i recommended to some of our clients uh, uh, the 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 Capture meeting simply to have a way very quickly after the last interview was done to get everybody together and to share their information on a person on a candidate so that we could know when the decision was could be made um, but but what happens is people interview and they go to the three corners of the world and four corners of the world and and it's difficult to talk to them on the phone and you know they're there in the in the office for that one day and then they're back on the road and too many managers think about it so so linearly that all I have to do right now is get through this interview and I'll worry about the next step later that what ends up happening is you sometimes add two weeks um, to the end of the interviewing process when you can't make a decision, you can't make an offer because you don't know what the other interviewers, the other managers thought about the candidate. And and it from the candidate's perspective, the clock starts ticking the moment they walk out of the interview. From the company's perspective, it doesn't start ticking until they've gotten all the feedback back from all the managers. Particularly if it's a an HR-heavy process where, oh, we can't go forward without everybody's everybody's input. Where, of course, you and I both know the only input that truly matters in most cases is the hiring managers. Right. Um, you know, if you want to hire somebody, okay, just recognize the risk you take if everybody disagrees with you. So, so the first reason for doing this was to speed up the process from the time of the last interview to the time you made an offer because if for no other reason than the first candidate was interviewed two weeks ago um, and their clock has been ticking and you are slowly losing them. They feel they didn't do well enough to justify a quick response. Okay. So that was the original rationale, but basically the meeting also exists to, to provide a great way to share information. It, the way it works is it happens after everyone has interviewed a candidate. Yes, you can absolutely do multiple people uh, in an interview capture meeting, but, but if they're spread out over two or three or four weeks, you don't want to do that. You want to do them one at a time. It exists to allow everyone who interviewed the candidate to share their recommendations and opinions regarding that candidate. Um, And as I mentioned, it definitely speeds things up. And then because of the way it's structured, it also increases quality. Yeah,
0: yeah, folks, folks, think about that for a second. Usually don't think of opportunities to speed things up as also increasing the quality of the output. But
1: in this case, it does. Yeah, particularly because the quality uh, of the process is at least in part judged by the candidate. And candidates don't like companies who take a month. And frankly, they don't believe companies who say, oh, we just got some admin to do. For All they know that they, they the manager just doesn't want to tell them no, and they know the manager secretly knows that if he doesn't say anything to a candidate for eight, nine, ten, twelve weeks, he or she's going to go away, and then the manager doesn't have to have a tough conversation with him. Right. That happens far too often. Um, okay, so let's lay out what the meeting is, and then we'll talk about speed and quality. Okay, That's great, let's go right. Um, I, I believe. That in terms of multiple managers interviewing candidates, which is of course what we recommend, um, it is almost as important as the interviews themselves in a lot of ways. Its purpose is really simple to capture those interviewers' opinions of the candidates or candidate or candidates um, in as short a time as possible after the interviews are complete. When you ask other managers and associates to interview one of your candidates, you tell them based on um, when the interviews are, when you're planning on having the capture meeting. Right. Okay.
0: So after all the interviews are complete, everyone who interviewed the candidate, they, they all come together and share their opinions. Yep. So Okay. So how long, where,
1: when, those kind of Yeah, things. that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here. As a general rule, the day of or the day after the last interview is when you want to schedule it. So often nowadays, a candidate comes in for a day-long series of interviews, right? Um, You can probably be creative um, and figure out a way to get the interviews done by 4 o'clock or 4.30 and then just have the interview meeting at the end of the day before everybody goes home. And it's an hour long. Um, And when you ask other managers and associates to interview one of your candidates, you tell them, based on when the interviews are, when you're going to have the capture meeting. So you say, look, we're interviewing next Tuesday. Here's the schedule. We're going to have a capture meeting Tuesday, 5.15. It'll take one hour. Yeah, and it
0: often only takes
1: 30 minutes, right? Yeah, t- yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Better to schedule it for an hour, and if they have extra time at the end, then just let people go early.
1: You know, so much yes, better, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and, and you're right, pre- pretty straightforward agenda. You, you start, you take five minutes to remind everybody of what you're there for, what the agenda is. And then you give each manager, each associate, whoever interviewed, five minutes to give their report. Now, um, some won't take the full five minutes. Um, as a general rule, we don't recommend allowing comments on every person's report. In other words, let's say, Mike, you're the hiring manager and you've asked me to to interview somebody. Um, I do my report. And we'll, we'll tell you the, the, the format of the report in just a second. Um, I, as I'm interviewing or as I'm reporting, you're not asking me questions about it. We wait until everybody shared their report um, and then you allow open discussion. And this is a critical point. The reason you do that is if all five people say don't hire, you don't need to have any discussion. Right. If all five people say hire... You may want to have some discussion, but you want to wait and hear what everybody says. If it's four to one, positive or negative, that changes how much time you would spend on any one person's comments. Right. So you don't want to start debating what you saw versus what they saw in their interview versus your interview. You don't want to do that until all the cards in the table. Right. And you, you, and
0: you also that, don't want to you don't want to create this um, this groupthink mentality where you know, people feel there there's a consensus being built as the results are being read back. So the last person, say I'm the fourth person to to talk about it, and there was enough discussion that I know the hiring manager feels a certain way, I, I changed my opinion. I used to say don't exactly. hire, and now I say hire. And,
1: and yeah, that and, and just look, defeats the whole Look, purpose. there's another thing going on here, too. Managers, let's say you and I are, are, are associates. We're we're both managers. I interview some of your guys sometimes. You interview some of my folks sometimes, Right. I am going to be deferential to what you want, okay? I am going to, the normal behavior of managers after interviewing is to defer to the hiring manager. So, you know, yeah, there were some good points. That I hear phrases like, when I sit on meetings like this, it's like, well, I, I, there were some good points, or, you know, I could see why you'd like the guy, or, you know, I had some concerns, but, you know, I think he would work out. And the whole idea is, I'm telling you that, because I may have, one big negative, but it may not be a big negative to you. And if you didn't see it, I'm not going to fall on my sword about it. The problem with that is that you're right. Everybody goes in wanting to defer, waiting to see which way the wind's blowing, and then they're off the hook, right?
0: Exactly. Right?
1: They, they don't have to say why, yes or no. And that's why we have a specific recommendation for how you report. Um, but, but it does no good to have a group of interviews, a series of interviews by other managers, and then have them all walk into a room and defer to one manager. You might as well just have the one manager, the hiring manager, interview them. Right. Just save the so time. That's why you do the reporting first before you have the open discussion. Good. Okay.
0: So, so a little bit more about the agenda.
1: Yeah, basically, you welcome everybody at the top of the hour. You walk through the agenda, and then um, you know, in five minutes, we have the first report. At ten minutes, you have the second report. At fifteen, you have the report three. Twenty, report four. Twenty-five, report five. I can't imagine you do much more than five, five manager interviews. But you could have ten people interview. Right, that will take a lot longer. And then, it, and then in a five-person series of interviews. After 30 minutes, everybody's reported, including the hiring manager who goes last, by the way. Um, And then you have 30 minutes of open discussion. And uh, and as you mentioned, very often that open discussion um, can be quite brief. The the great thing about the way we recommend people report, and again, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, is that it tends to make things really obvious really early. And you don't often need 30 minutes to have a discussion about everybody agreeing or disagreeing.
0: Right. Yeah. Especially if all five said no, then that's pretty,
1: pretty. Yeah. Easy. Look, do- and if I'm the hiring manager and everybody else says no, boy, I better know what I'm doing if I want to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, do,
0: does the manager, the hiring manager have an obligation in this meeting to make a decision and announce to the group in the meeting itself?
1: Oh, gosh. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I didn't, we hadn't talked about that. Any- of course not. No. No, it's his decision. This is input, sharing input with the hiring manager. Hiring manager can do what he or she wants. But if, in fact, we have a a collegial, a collaborative, which is what everybody tells me all the time, um, corporate style, corporate culture, okay, fine, then let's not have people waste their time and interview people if we're not going to listen to what they have to say. And right now, the present systems in too many places is, the interviews happen, but then everyone defers, and so we're really not listening to what they say, unless somebody really is smart and falls on their sword and says, I did a good interview, and I really think you're making a terrible mistake, because the rest of you don't know how to interview. Uh, But no, the the hiring manager absolutely does not have a responsibility to report back to everybody at the end. Uh, This is input to help her make her decision.
0: Right. Right. And, and if, if you're inviting people to the meeting that you don't trust in terms of their interviewing skills, then, then just don't invite them. Don't have them interview.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, that was interesting. When you started to say that, you said, um, if you're inviting people whose interviewing skills, you don't trust. They say, well, okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Why would <laughs> you do bad. that? <laughs> we wouldn't invite them because we wouldn't have them interview. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'll just be yeah, clear. because you but, didn't but put that right. in the exactly. steps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I know it's, it's. There are listeners out there who are thinking, man, it's hard enough to get people to interview. Now I've got to get them to come to another meeting? I mean, how, how do I get them to yeah. do the interview and then come to the, this
1: this meeting? Yeah, we, we get that a lot. That's a great, it's a fair, absolutely fair question. The answer is simple. Mention a couple of less than great hires. Tell them how the person that they're going to be interviewing Will be supporting what they do in their areas in whatever way you guys are related. The, the two managers are related. Tell them you'll always be able to help them with their interviews, and tell them finally that once they see this meeting in action, they'll want to do it themselves, guaranteed. Yeah, we've seen
0: a number of times where one manager starts doing this, involving other wow. managers in the interviewing process, and then pretty soon a year later, you come back and and this is just the way they they do interviewing,
1: right. Okay. Yeah, you. Know, this is very viral. Once four or five managers have been in this, they're like, "Okay, I'm I'm doing this. This is a no brainer. I I get great data in a very fast period of time. And, and again, it's it's both quality, better input about making the decision, but it's also speed because most managers don't think about what happens in the aftermath of the interviews until the interviews are over, and 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 for all those other managers who are hiring or who are interviewing for you. The moment they finish their interview, that person is out of short-term and long-term memory completely, right? Completely out. They, they did the interview, it's a favor for you, and now they're right back to what they normally get paid to do. If you tell them, look, I'm going to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to do an interview, I'm going to ask you to come to, a, to a, uh, a capture meeting, and and that way you keep things at least on the back burner and not off the stove completely so that they come and they're ready to provide input. Yeah, I think the other result
0: of of going through the process you just described is that folks are going to hear that you're willing to do
1: their interviews for them. Oh yeah, people people hear what they want to hear. Yeah, so if you're willing to take some interviews for them, okay, I guess I'll come to this meeting. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, it, whatever it works. works, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: exactly. Right. Okay. So so that's the meeting structure. Um, we also recommend that all interviewers attend and report. Well, that's kind of obvious. But. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty simple. Um, uh, everyone. Um, who uh, comes to the meeting? Everyone who interviews comes to the meeting. Um,
0: yeah. What, what, what if they can't attend? I mean, was, you schedule the meeting, and you, know, you had five people interview, and, and, and somebody can't make it. What do you do? That? Yeah,
1: look, we encourage everybody to attend, but look, when someone can't, our guidance is for is the same for non-attendees really as it is for attendees, um, only that they report by the time of the meeting in an email to the hiring manager. And they just follow that what and why, the what and why guidance that we're going to cover in a bit. Okay. Hey, good, good transition. So let's, let's talk yeah. about what and why method of reporting. Yeah, pretty simple again. Um, although, I must say, this is not the way 95% of the managers that I know do it. Okay? Um, we try to keep the steps in these processes as simple as we can. Um, and too many managers... Don't let other managers know what the process, what the criteria are, but the the process for effective managers includes a step like this, and the criteria are are very simple. Um, And look, we've got other podcasts about how to interview, um, uh, all kinds of details about that, but this is the most effective way that we have seen to capture data from those interviews. Okay, and and we call
0: it the, the what and why.
1: Yeah. Look, look, when other managers or interviewers report, whether they're doing it in person or as as you commented, you know, people are going to perhaps miss. They can do it by email. The reporting that they do has two parts. First and foremost, and and this is where you must be willing to fall on your sword, so to speak, um, to get people that this is the crux of the meeting. The first and foremost thing they do is they recommend, based on their interview with this person, based on what they understand of the role they're interviewing for and the person, they recommend that the hiring manager either hire them or not hire them. Just that. Hire, not hire. Yes, no. Up, down. Whatever you want to call it. Nothing fancy. This is the ultimate bluff or bottom line up front. Yeah.
0: No story. Yeah. You don't, no story you don't say I
1: really liked him. In fact, if, um, I, I remember sharing this with a junior uh, manager um, somebody who had just been promoted and they had a, a couple of open recs and they were struggling with what to do and how to interview and so on. So I helped them create an interview and basically it was a quick and dirty interview a number of years ago. And then um, I told him, I said, now, look, you're going to have other people more senior to you <clears throat> in your interview capture meeting. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to run the meeting. And when they, start come, when they come in and do what they've done for years and years and years, say, let's talk about this guy. Boy, he's sharp. And you say, oh, time out. You're going to have to absolutely stop them and say, whoa. All, all comments start with hire or not hire. Um, if you've interviewed, whatever you've talked about, however long you talk to the candidate, whether you're from the same school, anything else, it doesn't matter. You say hire or don't hire. That's my recommendation. And, and like I said, I promise you, managers are going to want to talk about their interviews, about their experiences with the candidate, something specific that was said, something else entirely. It doesn't matter. The yeah, thing they that. have to start with is hire or don't hire, either in email or in person.
0: Yeah, this, this storytelling I've seen over and over and over again. It, 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 goes, frankly, it goes
1: to what you were talking about earlier about, um, about um, how did you put it? The, the, you know, the, the, they want to hang back. Right, they want to see which way people are leaning. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- they want to avoid making a decision. A- and look, some people just want to avoid disagreeing with the hiring manager because um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If they really late, if they're later interviewing somebody, they want you to support them. If that person, if they really want to hire that person, so so they want to defer to you if you're the hiring manager. But the whole point of multiple interviews is getting different points of view. Okay, The problem is that too many managers start off a meeting or even just a two-way phone conversation if it's only two people who have interviewed with the thought of avoiding having an opinion and the hiring manager doesn't get uh, the benefit of others' inputs. And look, this is a way that you learn and grow as a manager in your organization is by hearing other managers talk about what a candidate said and what it meant to them. You're going to learn a lot about different managers, about the company, and so on. Um, and you and I both know that they violate, you know, Horseman's 10th law all the time, um, which is that th- they think that, uh, avoiding failure is the same thing as seeking success. And plenty of managers are just afraid of being wrong. So they don't want to, they didn't realize they're gonna have to make a decision. They just were going to do an interview. And that, that's so funny to say, well, I didn't know you wanted me to make a decision. I just thought you wanted me to interview the very basics, the very core of interviewing folks is to make a decision. It's not just to talk to somebody. It's to make a decision. Yeah, that's so a great. Managers point. say, "Well, I don't, I don't think you want me to make a decision." Um, you know, they'll focus on the details. They'll focus on the commonalities or a couple of things that stood out or something funny because interviews are a pressure cooker for many, many people, and so funny things tend to happen in interviews. Um, I've had a few happen to me. Um, and, and they just skip over, just don't want to talk about what they would recommend. They don't want to be on the hook right. for what they recommend. And, and we didn't talk about it
0: specifically, but it's worth pointing out here that before, you know, at, when you announce the schedule and you have the interview set up and you've announced this meeting, it would be a, a wise thing the first time around, at least, is to let them know what the process is going to be and let them know, hey, that when, hey, when you come to this decision meeting, you're, go- you're going to have to say hire or not hire. So... Um, make sure they know they're on the hook before they do the interview.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And the first words they say are hire her, don't hire her, right? Black right. and white. Yep. Okay. What, about, what okay, about now? What about afterwards? Right. Okay. So look, this is where they've made their recommendation and now they have to support their recommendation based on what they saw and heard in the interview. Again, Again, one one more time, we urge you to require recommendations before support. Managers want to talk about what they saw and what they heard and how interesting it was, what clever conclusions they drew. People want to psychoanalyze people and talk about their mothers, and but that none of that matters nearly as much as whether they recommend hiring or not hiring. But once they do that, we do have a structure we
0: recommend interviewers follow, right? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I keep going back to that. Hire. <laughs> don't hire. Yeah.
1: Um, when you give your interview feedback to whomever you owe it to you give it to them in three or four parts okay depends on the type of interview uh and who who what qualifications you have to be interviewing so you say hire or don't hire and then you say the four parts interpersonal cultural skills and finally technical which is which you may or may not provide input on you only provide input on the first three, if you're not qualified to talk about the technical aspects. Okay, if we're interviewing a project manager in an IT organization, and you're the marketing person that they have to support, and you're lucky enough to be in the interviewing queue, um, you're probably not going to give feedback on the technical details of their job. So in that case, you would you would essentially only give feedback on the three or th- three of the four areas using the what and why format. And here's the what and why format. For interpersonal, you you basically say, how well did they interact with you? and why do you say that? So you've already said hire or don't hire, and now you say interpersonal. I like the way they interacted with me. For instance, they did this in the interview, or they said that. Yeah, and, okay. and
0: Manager Tools listeners would, would immediately start thinking about behavior, right?
1: There you go. we talk about why. Yeah, we, we hope that we don't have to say that out loud, but yes, exactly right. Um, interpersonal, then cultural. How well do you think they fit with your company? And again, why do you say that? What behaviors did you see? What words did they say? How did they say them? What facial expressions, what body language, what work product did they talk about that caused you to determine that you think they'll fit well with the firm? And, and, and by the way, when you ask managers to do this, there are some managers who are not ready to do it, and they'll say something like, well, he, he just felt right to me. Those are the managers... <laughs> that you want to ask less frequently to do interviewing for you in the future. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is also a great weeding out process for you about the kind of managers you want interviewing for you. Yeah, then, and, then,
0: and by the way, if you're, if you're a senior manager, this is a great way to um, determine who you may or may not want to work for you in the future. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Going okay, back so to that Personal, cultural, and then we've got skills. Um, what again, what you saw in the behavioral questions, right? Um, when when ho- hopefully we're using behavioral questions, behavioral interviewing style, and there will be behavioral questions about the skills that they need in the actual uh, for the actual job, um, <clears throat> including communication of the answers and so on. And again, why do you say that? Back it up with details from the interview. And then lastly, the fourth area technical. Um, again, you only talk about it if you can add value. Um, But if I'm an engineer as a manager and I'm interviewing another engineer, I'm going to evaluate their technical skills. And again, I'm going to tell you why I came up with the evaluation of good or excellent or whatever, however I choose to describe it. Now, what's critical here is most interviewers focus on the technical and then allow themselves in general to get a sort of gut feel about interpersonal. And that's why so often hiring managers who get feedback from other managers feel that the the information is fairly vague. But if you go through, and in fact, let's say the hiring manager likes somebody and everybody else kind of has a vague sense of unease, but they can't really say what it is that causes them the unease. If you go to this structure and everybody mentions a related issue all of everybody touches on a particular interpersonal quirk that this person has, or something they do that is absolutely not a fit for the culture. You will feel like you're getting beat over the head with, "Please don't hire this person." Whereas before, managers would just tell you, w- without this structure, they would just say something like, "Well, he, he's really you know, I just didn't feel it, but but I could see him here. I'm just not sure how great a fit he would be. But the details are what causes you to raise your eyebrows and go, wow, everybody saw the same thing. Yeah, and, and this is why it is so
0: important when when covering the why you said that part of the, the what and why that people focus on specific answers or behavior from the interview that shows competence in that particular yep. area, right? I mean, yep. this, this, this helps managers look for the very things
1: in interviews. Yeah, the first time they do it, here's what we found. The first time they do it, if I'm asking you, Mike, to be one of my managers, and I tell you I'm going to ask you for this, I'm going to actually, look, folks, if, if you're, if you're a, a premium member, just cut and paste this right out of the, right out of the, the show notes, right? Um, I'm going to send you an email, Mike, that says here are the things I'm looking for. I'm going to ask you to share with me not only higher, not higher, but then also some details here. The first time you do it, you're going to come to the meeting and you're going to have a couple of them. But once you see the meeting in action and you see how easily it does what we call spread the field, and I'll talk about that in just a second. You see how easily it does it. You're, you'll, you'll never again go back to just sort of a vague discussion, and you'll get better at seeing those behaviors that relate to interpersonal, cultural, skill, and technical issues uh, in the interview. Yeah. Okay. So
0: what, what, Before we go on, though, give me, give me an example. How does it sound when one of the interviewers
1: report? Oh, good. Let me just, if I can, before I do that, let me just talk about spreading the field. Okay, okay. Um, we have a theory. Um, well, it's, it's not a theory. It's it, it's um, it's a way of looking at uh, at the process of interviewing and and so many other evaluative processes that managers use day to day, week to week, month to month. But we think of any any group of people that come in to interview as a sample of a larger population who might be um, uh, qualified uh, for this job or might be considered for this job. Anytime you have a sample of a population, if you take a large enough sample, you end up with a bell curve, right? Where there are some people grouped around the middle in terms of skills, and there are some people on either end, but obviously less. And you end up with, with, with a, a standard bell curve. The idea behind a, an effective interviewing process, and again, this is just one step in it, is every single step should be taking the ends. if you think of it as a string and a bell curve floating in the air in front of you, it's, it's taking each end of the string in your right and left finger and, and pulling on it and spreading the field so that if Mike and Mark interviewed somebody who's roughly in the middle, we don't. if we don't spread the field, it's really hard for us to say A is better than B. When we spread the field by tough interviewing, by multiple interviews, by multiple managers giving the same interview over and over again, and then by using this process to capture data after, capture results after an interview, the, interview, the field gets so spread, it's easy to tell A from B. It becomes obvious who's best and who's worse. And and this is another one of those steps, and that's a fundamental driver of everything managers should be or what, what we recommend managers do when they go through an evaluative process is try to spread the feel, and this this tool does that. Okay, sorry, a little bit of a soapbox there. Ah, that wasn't soapbox. No, that's that not this.
0: soapbox. That's, that's Help, Helpful background.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, okay, it is a great question, and here's an example of how it will sound when one of the interviewers report. Um, so I recommend we don't hire Andrew. Interpersonally, he kept interrupting me even after I asked him to let me finish my questions. Culturally, I have concerns as well. He said twice that he felt like collaboration was overrated. And, and to some degree, I can understand why. He's brilliant, right? And so often he's the one that comes up with the solution and that doesn't feel collaborative to him. Uh, and he believes in leaders deciding and everybody else just going along. Skill-wise, uh, no question he could do the job. I mean, he just totally stood out to me. He told me about his success bringing a difficult project in on time, and I was terribly impressed by that. And technically, I think he's also very fine, in fact, well above average there. He he could technically handle the job. He answered my questions about gallium and aluminum substratum very, very well. Um, but the interpersonal and cultural areas are big concerns. I say no. Yeah, and, and that doesn't take five minutes, right? It took, you know, 2 minutes and so we could we may be able to be done if everybody if everybody briefs that in that much detail and that's a lot of detail but it takes less than 5 minutes and nobody interrupts and we don't have to talk about each person's recommendations until we're all done you could even argue that you you mentioned 30 minutes it could be done in 15 minutes if everybody says no right
0: yeah so yeah well it's it's uh, un- unfortunately I wish it were different but it's unlikely that you're going to have five people interviewing and be that crisp, at least the beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but the structure will get them there. And if you ask the same two or three or four people to help you two or three or four times, your meetings are going to get shorter and shorter and better and better. And that goes to the issue that we talked about earlier, quality and speed. Getting Quality gets better and speed gets faster. I, I love processes like that. Yeah, well,
0: it, 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 I'm sure it won't surprise people that you could start here doing this with interviewing and then at some point you'll start seeing that crispness and preciseness yep. uh, extend to other areas of management. Yep. But we'll leave that for I, another. Could, guest.
1: You know, I just I just thought about this. You know what you actually could probably do, and, and come to think of it, it's actually happened to me. I just never thought about it until now. I've seen people back into better interviewing by using this as a way to capture from interviews that are not behavioral, right? Sure. Because if suddenly you have to start reporting using techniques like this that are crisp or could be crisp, you're going to want to improve the way you interview so that you can have data to justify your higher or not higher recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Great yeah. point. Yeah, I love that. A I little, mean, be, little extra uh, pressure. It'd be great. Certainly, it's great to start with, okay, let's start at the beginning of the process, which, by the way, is not interviewing, but most people think of it that way. But if we can back into better interviews because of just this meeting, I'm all for that. Absolutely.
0: And, and then at the end of all this, it leaves us with the decision of the hiring manager.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have two things to say about that. You know, command is a lonely thing. It is your decision. And you, you hypothetically could uh, um, um, overrule somebody who recommended you not hire them. Um, but on, on the other hand, we find again that this process does spread the field. It will make your decision a great deal easier. On the other hand, the decision of the hiring manager is a whole separate cast, right? This one just tells you how to get all the information you need the right way and, and pretty quickly, but, but the actual decision, we have other, other detailed recommendations on that that will come another day.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so let me do a quick overview. Okay. Number one, to schedule a results capture meeting, and you schedule that prior to the interviews actually having been conducted Yep. so people know when it's going to be, the day, the day of or the day after. You don't want to do it much later than that. Number two, all interviewers attend and report. Um, right. You hope to get everybody there. If somebody cannot attend, then you expect them to go through the same process, the what and why method of reporting on right. email prior to the meeting actually happening.
1: And, 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 and let me just interrupt, as, as you know I am like to do. If they send you an email that doesn't follow it, send it back yeah. and say, hey, look, here's a template I'd really like to hear from you in this way, because that's the way I'm going to ask everybody to be reporting in the meeting itself.
0: Absolutely. And then number three, use the what and why method reporting, which is simply is giving a yes or no higher or no higher decision at the beginning, and then describing the four areas, interpersonal, cultural, skills, and technical, what it is you recommend, and why you say that focused on behavioral interviewing.
1: And there you go. Simple. Yet again, speed and quality both improve. We like things like that. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure. We'll see you later.
0: Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you got something valuable out of the show. If you have any questions or would like to contribute to the topic, please join us on the discussion forums at www.managertools.com slash forums. Hope to see you there. Until next week, then, we'll see you. So long.